Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Redemption HD podcast. We hope that this episode blesses you, that it encourages you. If you want to know more about Redemption High Desert, you could visit our website at redemptionhighdesert.com. Also, follow us on all social media platforms at Redemption760. Here we go, live from Redemption HD. Let's read ver- uh, chapter 13, verse 44. It says, On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city came together to hear the word of God. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your faithfulness, your goodness. Lord, we pray as we get into your word that you would speak to us. Lord, speak to us, speak through us, cause your word, let your word change us and transform us for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Today is Pentecost Sunday. Amen. Pentecost Sunday. Some of you guys need to shout and holler on that one, right? It's Pentecost Sunday, right? Pentecost Sunday. It is the birthday of the church. Amen. In Acts chapter 2, the Lord poured out his Holy Spirit on the disciples in the upper room. And it was in this moment, you know, that the, the Spirit of God was moving, moved Peter to preach a message outside of the upper room. And we saw 3,000 people give their life to Jesus. One sermon, 3,000 people. I'm trying to get 30 of you guys to not fall asleep, right? <laughs> Peter preached and got 3,000 people saved. And this was the birth of the church. This was when the church began to move forward um, in the commission of Christ that Jesus had called us to go out and make disciples. And uh, we celebrate this day because it is important for us to remember our history as believers, right? That we remember what God has done because it stirs up our faith and, and the testimony for tomorrow that what God did before he can do again. And so you, you look throughout church history and you can see outpourings of the Holy Spirit. You can see God moving the same way he moved in the upper room in Acts chapter 2. We see God moving throughout history. Uh, Azusa Street in 1906, there's a small home in downtown Los Angeles where the Lord poured out his spirit. And there was such a move of God that, that people would come out and they would gather around this small house in downtown L.A. And they would preach the gospel from the porch. You know, 1906, preaching the gospel from the porch, and, and hundreds of people would come and just gather around this house just to hear the gospel. They moved into a building, and then that, that revival spread all across the country. We also had the, the Wales revival that was taking place at the same time over in the, the country of Wales. Um, in the 1940s, we had healing revivals, Jack Coe, A.A. Allen, Oral Roberts, William Brenham. Uh, we also had Billy Graham in the Los Angeles Crusades. Uh, in the 70s, we saw the Jesus People Movement. In the 80s, we saw the Vineyard Movement. In the 90s, the Brownsville Revival. I mean, we you look throughout church history, and we see God moving in a way where He pours out His Spirit, and it transforms multitudes of people. He transforms cities and regions. This is important for us, guys, for redemption, because we believe and we've been praying and we've been really interceding for God to move on our community the same way he moved in Acts chapter 2, the same way he moved at Azusa Street, the same way he moved in Wales, the same way he moved in the Jesus People movement. We're praying that God would move in this high desert the same way. 
It, it all depends on our faith. Do we have the hunger? Do we have the desire to pull on heaven to see God move in our region? You know, being born and raised here, nothing that I want more than to see revival take place in this high desert. My family's here. My friends are here. My roots go deep. My dad was born here. My wife, her, she was born here. Her dad, her grandpa, her great-grandpa. I mean, our roots are deep here. I, I want to see a move of God here in our home. But God is looking for a people that are... That it, are going to posture their heart before him and say, Lord, we're hungry for revival. We're hungry for a move of the Spirit. We're hungry for you to come and show up and change this region. Amen? So today's message, uh, I'm calling the recipe and results of revival. The recipe and results of revival. Let me just give you guys some definitions. I hope everyone has a bulletin. If you don't, you can raise your hand and we'll get one to you. If you don't have a bulletin. We've got a couple over here. Uh, if we can pass one to them. Inside of your bulletin, you have, uh, you have some notes here. And let me give you guys the definition for revival or the word uh, to revive. It means to bring back to life. Revival means to bring back to life. Simple. Revival for an individual, it looks like Ephesians chapter 2. Come on, Ephesians chapter 2, read that with me. And you he, and you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin. And you, and me, us, right? Us, we. Before we knew Jesus, we were dead in sin. Before we accepted Christ, before Jesus came and changed our life, we were dead in sin. But look at what it says. We'll keep reading here. It says, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. Verse 4 says, but God, who is rich in mercy... Because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, what did he, what did he do? He revived. revived us, right? The greatest revival you will ever know is the revival that happened to you the moment you accepted Christ. I've been in some powerful move, moves of God. I've seen God do some mighty things in cities and places. But the greatest revival you will experience is the moment you receive your salvation. Amen? Revival for a community looks like Acts chapter 5. And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch, yet none of the rest dared join them. But the people esteemed them highly. And believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at least the shadow Peter passing might fall on some of them. Also, a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. Revival for a community looks like Acts chapter 8. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord headed the things spoken to Philip, hearing and seeing, I'm sorry, heeded the things spoken to Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed, and there was a great joy in that city. Amen? 
Other words and phrases that are synonymous with revival or outpouring, when the Holy Spirit is poured out on a person or a region, Joel chapter 2 says, and it shall come to pass after that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions, and also on my men servants and my maid servants I will pour out my spirit in those days. Awakening. When a person or church or a region is awakened to a fresh season of their relationship with the Lord. Romans 13 says, and do this knowing the time that it is a high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore let us cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ to make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. A move of the Holy Spirit, another word synonymous with revival is a move of the Holy Spirit, a supernatural movement of God's Spirit that is not confined to a single person or a location. Acts 11 says, And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them as upon us in the beginning. Then I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Therefore, God gave them the same gift as he gave us when we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. Who was, who was I that I could withstand God? We're praying and believing for a true revival to break out in our community. We're asking the Lord to pour out his spirit on this high desert in such a way that multitudes give their lives to Jesus, resulting in the transformation of our cities. This is what we're believing for, amen? We're believing for revival. We're believing that God is going to pour out His Spirit on this community in such a way that it's going to change everything. That just like we read, everything that we just read now, we talked about the history of church revival. We're believing that God is going to do the same thing here. This is what we want. This is what we desire. This is what we're praying for. That we want to see multitudes of people give their life to Jesus. And I'm not just talking about redemption. We need to pray for all the churches here in our community. We should be just as excited as if Calvary Chapel, the Assemblies of God, Grace Awakening, Spirit-filled, Spirit Life, we should be just as excited if their churches are packed out as if it happened here. Right? We're not competing with nobody. We're all on the same team. So we should be believing and praying that, you know what, God, pour out your spirit, and we pray that those churches are packed out. We pray, Lord, that, that people get saved in their services today. This is what revival looks like because the, the reality is that if the whole city showed up at the doorstep of redemption, we wouldn't be able to handle it, right? So we need to partner with the other churches to see what God is going to do. And we're doing that. Ain't that right, brother? Partnering with the churches to see unity, amen? So I'm going to give you guys the recipe and the results of revival. We're going to take a look at Acts chapter 13 to kind of give us a picture of that. So let's go ahead and go back to Acts 13. Um, Acts 13 is a story of John, I'm sorry, uh, Saul or Paul and Barnabas. Paul and Barnabas just finished a ministry trip where they were out planting churches, preaching the gospel. They come to meet with some of uh, the prophets and the teachers to discuss some things. And then they're launched out into Antioch to do another work for the Lord. And so as they get to Antioch, this is the story. This is what's happening. Let's go ahead and pick up here in verse 42. Chapter 13, verse 42, the book of Acts, it says, So when the Jews went out of the synagogue, the Gentiles begged 
that these words might be preached to them. So Paul and Barnabas are preaching the gospel. They're telling people the good news of Jesus. They're telling everybody about the love of God. They're sharing who Jesus is, what he has accomplished, what he has done. This is what they're preaching in the synagogues. They're going around and they're sharing this good news, this gospel. And look at the response. So when the Jews went out of the synagogue, the Gentiles begged that these words might be preached to them. In the context of this story, the Jews represent the religious structure, the religious traditions of men. It's those systems that we put in place, those standards that we put in place that either push people far from God or pat us on the back because we think we're close to God. And here's what you have to understand, that when revival breaks out, and for revival to break out, number one in your notes, our religious traditions are offended and challenged. Our religious traditions are offended and challenged in revival. Why? Because there is no, there is no itinerary other than, God, what do you want to do? We can't get into this, these, these routines of, you know what, I need church to be over by uh, 145 and uh, that's, that's it. You know, box got into this, this space of you got to work in this, this routine, Lord, because i got to go catch the game. Like your game can wait. Lunch can wait. We need to wait on God. And the religious system that was here, hearing the good news, hearing the gospel of Jesus, the religious system that was in place that really was making people feel far from God, esteeming themselves as being close to God, they were offended at the preaching of the gospel. So when Paul was preaching, when he was done, they all left. All right, it's time to go. Okay, oh, he dismissed. Let's go, everybody out. Let's go. To go to, before they, uh, you know, pack out Red Robin, I got to go get a seat. But I want you to see something right here. Look at what it says. So when the Jews went out of the synagogue, the Gentiles begged that these words might be preached to them. You know why your, your religious tradition is going to be offended in these moments? Because your hunger or your lack of will be exposed. When God is moving and all you want to do is look at your watch and your clock and say, when are we going to get out of here? God is challenging the very structure that we're trying to box him in. And rather than responding to the move of the Holy Spirit, we're trying to move him out of the way so we can go on with our day. And you wonder why you don't have encounters with God. You wonder why you don't hear his voice and things aren't changing for you. Because you're establishing a structure that boxes him in and he wants to break that box. That's why we don't have, the way we structure our services, we don't have a time limit for our worship. We have an order and we go by that order, but there's no time limit on there. Because sometimes worship, it, it, sometimes we just want to give our heart to God for an hour, hour and a half, 30 minutes. Sometimes the pastor wants to come over here and cry like a big old baby. and We just got to let God do what he wants to do. Why? Because we're hungry. Gentiles begged to hear the word of God. They begged. Some of us need to be begged to go to church. We have to beg some of us to go to church. And they were begging to hear the word of God. What level of hunger do we have for God? What level of hunger do we have for God? They begged, please keep preaching to us. Please keep preaching to us. Yeah, we saw the, 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 the Pharisees, we saw them leave, but it's okay. We want to hear the word. 
When the Jews went out of the synagogue, the Gentiles begged that these words might be preached to them. Number two in your notes, a true hunger for the Lord begins to arise. A true hunger for the Lord begins to rise. When revival breaks out and for revival to break out, a true hunger for God has to arise. Again, I'm not talking about the routine of going to church. I'm not talking about that Sunday Christianity. I'm not talking about my Bible is in my lap on Sunday, but it sits in the back of my car Monday through Saturday. Okay, I'm not, I'm not, ta- I'm not talking about, you know, we, we walk in through those doors and we put this mask on like we got it all together. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about real, a real heart after God. I'm talking about people that are pure in their desire to know God. The reality of who God is changes everything that we are and all that we want is more. This is hunger. Hunger for God looks like, you know what, Pastor, if the doors are open, if people are gathering, if we're going to worship, if we're going to pray, I want to be there. And you're going to have to flash the lights to get me out of here because I'm going to stay here as long as I can. Shout out to the intercessors who stay. I have to flash the lights at Stacy and Jessica, my wife, Lisa. It's time to go, guys. Come on now. I'm just talking about what the Lord is showing them and what they saw, what they heard. We need to be hungry for God. Hungry for the Lord. Hungry for God. Amen? Let's keep reading here, verse 43. It says, Now when the congregation had broken up, many of the Jews and devout proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. Verse 44 says, On the next Sabbath, read that out loud for me. Whoa, 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 come on now. T, you said it with intensity when you read that. You know, you're from here. This means something. You read that one more time, T. Read it out loud so everyone can hear you. Almost the whole city. Almost the whole city. They preached the gospel. The religious system was offended. The The religious traditions of man were offended. They were offended that the service went longer than expected. They were offended that they sang the same chorus for 10 minutes straight. They were offended that the pastor came up here and started crying. They were offended that the gifts of the Spirit are being utilized in this place. The religious systems are offended at the move of God. But the hunger arose and the whole city came out. The whole city, Victorville, Hesperia, Apple Valley, Atlanta, they all came out to hear the word of the Lord. Imagine that. This is not a fairy tale. I'm not telling you a story. Maybe you're falling asleep, but this isn't for your bedtime right now. I'm preaching the the, the word. I'm telling you what God can do when he pours out his spirit on a region. The whole city is transformed. Johnny, imagine that. Victorville, downtown Victorville, up 7th Street. Bear Valley Road, Oak Hills. Imagine if people were driving up from the Cajon Pass, Johnny, our home. This is where we're born and raised. And and the Spirit of God falls upon this region that when people drive up from down the hill, they say something's different about this place. There's something different. Why is it that when I drove up here, all of a sudden, my depression left? Why is it that when I drove up here, the pain I had in my shoulder went away? Why is it that I came up here and all I want to do is go to church? Why is it that all I want to do when I'm here is know God and hear His voice? Because when God pours out His Spirit on a region, there is a hunger that is stirred up. 
And the whole city will come out. The whole city will come out. The whole city will come out. Johnny, what would happen? Bro, if you, if you went to work and you shared a little Bible study, you and Chuck, right, having a Bible study in a lunch break, just reading the gospel, a couple co-workers are hearing what you guys are talking about. The next day you go to work and at lunch, all of your co-workers are waiting for you. They said, hey, we heard what you were talking about yesterday. Let's talk about it again. What would happen if in your home, in your house, you decided to do a Bible study with your family, with your spouse, with your kids, with your parents? What would happen if you did a Bible study and you were just having a time with the Lord, experiencing and encountering His presence, and then the next day there was a knock on your door, and it's your neighbors, your next-door neighbors, your across-the-street neighbors, your neighbors from the back? You know the ones that are playing the mariachi music at 1 a.m.? Those are the parties I'm at. What if they were knocking at your door the next day and they said, Hey, we overheard you guys praying in your house yesterday. We overheard you guys praying and uh, in, in having a Bible study. And we want to see if we can come and join you. What would happen? What would happen, youth, if you guys went to school? And they said, hey, we heard that something's going on on Friday nights. Like, you guys, like, have Bible study, youth group. We want to go. And then we show up to Friday, and, and every high school is waiting in line to get in. Like, you guys, I'm not, I'm not, listen, I'm not trying to tickle your ears. I'm not just trying to get, hey, let's get excited about going to church. Like, this is the, this is the truth. This is what God can do. God can, he will, he has poured out his spirit in such a way that it has transformed cities. And God is looking for a people that will posture their heart, bring their heart before God and say, God, do it again. Do it again, Lord. Do it here. Do it here in this high desert. Do it here in this Victor Valley. Pour out your spirit, God, and bring out the city. Bring out the city to hear your word. I love this verse. That's why I opened up with it. Verse 44, on the next Sabbath, almost the whole city came together to hear the word of God Oh, Lord, please do it again. Please do it again. Please do it again. Please do it again. Pour out your spirit, God. Pour out your spirit here in this place. Pour out your spirit, God. Spirit-filled, spirit life. Burning bush. Faith community, God. Grace Awakening, Calvary Chapel. Family life church. Abundant living. Sunrise church. Victory outreach. New destiny. God, pour out your spirit on the churches, God. Pour out your spirit on the churches, Lord. And bring out the whole city. In Jesus' name. Amen. Verse 45. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy contradicting and blasphemy they opposed the things spoken by Paul don't fall into this category people let's read this again but when the Jews saw the multitudes they were filled with envy when they saw God moving when the religious system saw God moving they were offended they didn't like it they plotted against them listen guys it's one thing to talk about each other but when you begin to talk about the Holy Spirit 
When you begin to come against the move of God and put your hands on something that you have no business putting your hands on. That's why I'm telling you guys, don't go around judging people. We don't judge other churches either. Every church is responsible to govern their congregation the way that God leads them. And we just pray for truth and we pray for love and mercy. But we won't go around and say, well, that's, you know, they shouldn't be doing this and they should be doing that. Never. Every church is doing what God has called them to do. And that's what we support and pray for. Amen. We're not going to be a religious system that goes around and just nitpicks what everybody's doing and not doing. Oh, that's not of God. And this is, you know what? Let God deal with him then. This isn't the Father, Son, Holy Spirit in you. And we go around, well, well they pray in tongues. and well, They don't pray in tongues. They prophesy. They don't prophesy. They worship for an hour. They worship. You know what? You guys, stop all that. It's ungodly, point blank, period. We should not go around and speak against. We need to be there to love. And yeah, there, there are things. If they're, not, if they're not within the boundaries of scriptures, yeah, let's have a conversation. You know, let, let's let the leaders and the pastors talk it out. But let's not go around and cast judgment when we don't know what's going on. It breaks my heart when I see people talk bad about other pastors and churches. Even no business. You don't even unless unless you got. You know, the way I was raised, if you, if you can't say it to their face, you better not say it at all. If you don't, if, man, I, I got to watch what I say. I watch, watch my language. If you can't say it to their face, don't say it at all. And some of us are saying things about churches and pastors, but you ain't got it in you to go up there and knock on their door. So, do more of this. Less of this. Not a lot of this, a whole lot of this. Verse 45, but when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy and, and contradicting and blasphemy. They opposed the things spoken by Paul. Verse 46, then Paul and Barnabas grew bold. Come on. Johnny, that's one of the prayers. You, I always hear you pray a lot for boldness when you pray for the youth. I love it. Pray for boldness. God's going to give you boldness. I love it. They grew bold and said, it was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first. But since you rejected it. And judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life. Behold, we turn to the Gentiles. For so the Lord, for the Lord has commanded us, I have set you as a light to the Gentiles, that you should be for salvation to the ends of the earth. The, the Gentiles were those that were of non-Jewish descent. They were non-church folk, sinners, okay, heathens. That's who the Gentiles were, us. Right? The ones that weren't likely to be in church. We're, we were the Gentiles. And the gospel was being preached to them. And look at what it says in verse 48. Now when the Gentiles heard this, they were what? Whew. When the Gentiles hear, when the world hears the gospel, they will be glad. They will be glad when they hear the true gospel, the true message of Jesus Christ. The world will be glad. And we go around and say, well, they're going to, they, you know, they just don't want to hear truth. No, we're just not preaching truth. If we preach the true gospel, even if it offends them, it's a truth that will make them glad. It's an offense that will make them glad. Now, when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as had been appointed 
to eternal life believed. Number four, or number three in your notes, our cities and regions are touched and transformed by God. The recipe and results of revival are our cities and region are touched and transformed by God. Number four, multitudes give their lives to Jesus. Multitudes, thousands, 3,000, 5,000 in a day. You know, I'm not good at math, but that's a whole lot of people. If that happened daily, imagine that, Raymond. 3,000 people in Asperia got saved. And then the next day, 3,000 people in Victorville got saved. And then the next day, uh, 1,500 people in Atlanta because there's not too many people out there right now. We're getting there, huh? We're building, huh? We're building. Right? If thousands of people gave their life to Jesus, what, would, what do you think would be the spiritual atmosphere of that city? If thousands of people in, in days, if it was going on in, in, in this, this moment where God was saving multitudes of people every single day, what do you think would happen to the atmosphere of that city? Change. Right? We, we drive around and our heart is broken for what's happening in our communities. We see things. We're aware of things. Right? We, we, we see things on the streets. We hear stories, stuff that's taking place in our cities. Right? Violence, gangs, all of this stuff, drug addiction, depression, mental health, all this stuff that's plaguing our community. But if thousands of people begin to give their life to Jesus, everything would change. Everything would change. Everything would change if God showed up on the scene. Amen? Amen. Verse 49, and the word of the Lord was being spread throughout all the region. The word of the Lord was being spread throughout all the region. Number five in your notes, the preaching of the gospel is not limited to ministers and Sunday gatherings. The recipe and results of a revival, the preaching of the gospel is not limited to ministers and Sunday gatherings. That means that if in order, in order for us to see multitudes give their life to Jesus, it's going to take more than the guy behind the pulpit. It's going to take more than church leaders, but we as the body of Christ need to go out and share the gospel. And I've shared this with you guys plenty of times. The world doesn't want to hear our three-point sermons. They want to hear the reality of who God is in our life. They want to hear our testimony. They want to hear when we don't have it right. They want to hear when we fail. They want to hear, hear about our weakness. They want to hear God's faithfulness and all of those things. This is what the world wants to hear. To go and say, you know what, I just started going to this church and I don't know much, but all I do know is that when I leave there, I leave differently than the way that I came. I, I don't know a lot of scripture. I've been reading it, but it seems like every time I read this, things change in my heart. Like this is what the world wants to hear. And they want to hear from you guys. They expect me as a pastor to say these things. They expect me as a pastor to say, you know, give them the amens and the hallelujahs and the praise the Lords. But they want to hear you guys. The preaching the gospel needs to be what we do. We need to preach the gospel. And start in your home. Start with your family. Start at your workplace. Speak, pray, get into God's word. Let it be something that is, is the core of your house and your home, your workplace. Preach the gospel, Amen. Verse 50, but the Jews stirred up the devout and prominent women and the chief men of the city, raised up persecution. They, they didn't stop, huh? They were going after him. Raised up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their region. They were kicked out of the city for preaching the gospel. Revival was breaking out and they were kicked out of the city. 
It's okay when people oppose you. When the religious systems oppose you, it's okay. You're probably doing something right. Amen? Amen. Verse 51, but they shook off the dust from their feet against them and came to Iconium, Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Number six in your notes, people and regions are filled with the Holy Spirit and joy. We want, we pray, we believe for revival, not because we want to grow that name that's on this building out there. I'm not even going to say the name because it's not about that. It's about his name. We are believing for revival, not because we want a packed out church. I'm not trying to be famous. I'm okay with my Instagram followers right now. That's good enough, okay? I have enough. I'll, I'll settle there, okay? I'm not trying to be known. I'm not trying to be on TV, you know? I don't like the way my hair looks in the lighting. Sometimes I just try to. We want revival not because of the hype of the event. We want revival because we want to see lives transformed. We want to see God move in these cities, in this Victor Valley, in this high desert. Because when multitudes of people give their life to Jesus, the cities will be filled with joy. There will be a hunger for God's word that is stirring in the regions that will turn people to God when they have nowhere else to turn. Everything that's happening in our communities, all of the wrong, all of the evil, all of the sadness, all of the brokenness, all of these things will be changed and transformed in God's presence. But God is looking for a people that will pull on heaven. He's looking for people that will say, God, use us. Start here. Start with me. Revive me. Set my heart on fire. Set my life on fire for you, Lord, and let it spread. This is what God is looking for. It's Pentecost Sunday, amen? Pentecost Sunday. This is the day that the, the Holy Spirit was poured out on the church, and we want God to do the same thing. Pour out His Spirit. Pour out your Spirit, Lord, on us. Pour out your Spirit on us, Lord. Confront the religious systems that we have in our own heart. Confront those things, offend those things, God, those standards and expectations that we have placed on ourselves and on others. Confront those things, challenge those things, God, so that we can present to you a pure heart that truly desires you. God, come and move and do what you want to do. Do what you want to do, Lord. Pour out your spirit. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Come and fill this place. Fill our hearts. Fill our lives. Do what you want to do, Lord. Do what you want to do, Jesus. Bring out the whole city, God. Bring out the whole city. Stir up the hunger in us, God. Let the whole city, let the cities be hungry for your word. Let the cities be hungry for your word. Let them desire to know you, God. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit us at evargus760.com and also redemptionhighdesert.com.